Welcome to the Feminine Frequency Podcast. I'm your host, Amy from Amy Natalie Co., spiritual teacher, mindset coach, and speaker. I'm here to remind you how to tap into your feminine frequency to elevate your relationships, attract more money, and feel confident in your body. Each week, I'll be sharing wisdom from guest experts and guided meditations, along with my favorite spiritual mindset techniques so that you can access abundance, love, and manifest a life that is in alignment with your soul's true desires. Let's do this, sister. Hello, beautiful soul, and welcome to the Feminine Frequency Podcast. I am so grateful to have you here with me today for this episode with my guest, Katie Kasten. We had so much fun in this conversation, and as you can probably tell by the title of this episode, that this one's going to be spicy, and I just love Katie's energy and her vulnerability and her authenticity, so I know you are going to love this episode as well. And I want to remind you just before we get into the episode that we have an amazing giveaway happening right now. I announced it last week that I'm giving away one free ticket to my upcoming event called the Empowered and Embodied Experience. This event is taking place on December 11th and 12th, and it is an online event where we're going to create a beautiful, powerful, transformational weekend together, and I'm going to be guiding you through some deep, powerful mindset work as well as some embodiment practices, and the event is specifically for women who are looking to step into their soul calling. If you are someone who is a coach or a healer and want to feel more confident and really step into your next level of feminine leadership, impact, and income this event is for you. So to enter the giveaway, the way that it works is that you leave a podcast review on Apple Podcasts for the Feminine Frequency Podcast. And once you leave a rating and a review, make sure to take a screenshot before you press send and then send that over to my team at hello at amynatalieco.com. Once we receive your email, then you'll be entered for the giveaway to win this free ticket to the Empowered and Embodied Experience. And this giveaway is available until November 30th. So that's the last day that you can enter. And I'll be announcing the winners on December 1st. So to find out more about the event itself, you can scroll down to the link in the show notes. And if you need some support with leaving a review and how to do that, you can come on over to my Instagram and check out the highlight that I have about the giveaway. And you can find exactly a step-by-step process of how to do that. All right, so let's get into our guest episode for today. Katie Kasten is a fitness professional, entrepreneur, and marketing expert on a mission to help women discover and love on their inner bad bitch through music and movement. Katie utilizes her unique skill sets and passions through instruction, whether live or online, and through her and her husband's fitness and health companies, Move You and On Beat Fitness. Her instruction has amassed millions of views on the internet as she twerks her way to helping women embrace who they are unapologetically. You're going to love this episode. Enjoy, and we'll see you on the other side. 
Hello, Katie, and welcome, welcome to the Feminine Frequency Podcast. I am so excited to have you here today. Hi, Amy. I'm so excited to be here. I know I just told you this, but I've been I've been binge listening to this podcast, so I'm stoked to be here. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. It's so interesting because on my end, I never know who's listening. I know how many people listen. And to be honest, like the numbers of how many people listen to each episode just continues to blow my mind. I'm like, this is amazing, this technology that I get to like do something that I love, have epic conversations, share like my wisdom and the things that I'm excited about. And then people from all over the world can literally listen whenever they want to. And it's just a really, really fun platform to be able to share and connect with other women like yourself. Yes. I'm so excited. That is the power of the internet for you. And I know we have mutual friends, so I'm stoked for this conversation because I know it's going to be, it's going to be good. I can already tell good vibrations happening already. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I love when things weave together and when like different paths cross at different times. So we were actually introduced by a connection, a friend of ours, Andrew Gottlieb, who is a great friend of mine. And we also have some mutual friends and people that we know from San Diego. So now we're meeting in this space together and getting to really share this time together. And I'm, I'm really interested and curious about your story because I know what I see from the outside and what you created in your life and your marriage and your business businesses, plural businesses. And, um, you know, your online presence is really, really inspiring. And I want to get to know you as the woman behind all of this magic. So take us back to your story and kind of where your journey began, um, that really led you to being the, the feminine leader that you are today. Well, thank you so much for all those kind compliments. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that when people see me, and this is often what I hear from people, they will ask me, how are you so confident? You're always happy. You're always joyful. You're always so confident. And that is a stark contrast to how I was brought up. I mean, I was brought up in the strictest Christian household, so awkward, so just, just crawling in my own skin. And, um, even from a, a young age, I remember really wanting to explore my sensuality and the church that I was in just shames that. And I I remember very distinctly hearing that sex was all about the man. And as a woman, your role is to be a wife. I mean, I was in this very strict Baptist church where they would lock the doors on you and have exorcisms at age six, seven, eight, I mean, all through. And then one day randomly when I was 11 years old, my parents just up and left that church and never talked about it again, but their Christian strict values still remained. So I often found myself being the rebellion of the family. I'm one of four kids and uh, I went out, partied, smoked pot, drank, was really interested in boys. That's my preference. So I was like, oh, I'm going to go and explore these boys. Boys are fun. So, you know, started to really rebel and uh, actually became estranged from my family because of that rebellion um, when I was around 19, 20 years old. Um, And I found myself in an abusive relationship, both emotionally and physically and sexually. And, um, 
it felt icky and I just felt gross. Uh, and at that time I got into yoga, found yoga, tapped into a style of yoga called booty yoga, B-U-T-I. Uh, it's a mix of tribal dance, palometrics and yoga all into one. And I always knew yoga to be very boring, but booty was loud and rambunctious and there was drumming and screaming and girls wearing booty, booty shorts as they were practicing. And I remember being like, where has this been all my life? They were playing rap music. It was explicit. It was crazy. And it just brought life into, into me and into my body. And I started doing that practice. And I remember somebody walking up to me and I didn't even know what this meant at the time because I, I hadn't even really tapped into my spiritual journey, but somebody just grabbed me by the shoulder and they're like, you need to teach this. You're glowing orange and that's your sacral chakra. And you're just tapping into your feminine energy. You need to do this. So I did, I became an instructor and I kid you not within a month, my classes were packed because people would just see it. I was just glowing. Um, and I continue to tap into that energy today. And it doesn't matter if there's one person in class, literally that happens to me. I had like six people in my class yesterday, or if there's 40 people in my class and it's packed, or if I'm teaching to thousands or millions of people online, it doesn't matter. I'm like, I got to tap in to that, to that, uh, to that energy that is rooted in music or movement and music for me that helps me feel my most fem feminine and my most sensual. And, uh, and I'll get into it a little later, but that's also helped me really tap into my sexuality too, which I'm super excited about because that I believe is super powerful as women. So yeah, hopefully that gives you a good background. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing. I can definitely relate to being raised in a more religious upbringing where there's more strict rules and especially around things like our sexuality that's something that gets very suppressed and is not accepted in you know traditional cultural um philosophies and ways of living in communities and like that black sheep, I can imagine that many people who are listening to this podcast can relate to just being very different from their families. And I've been thinking about this a lot lately, especially with a lot of like the mandates and restrictions and things of how people who grow up in a very strict environment often tend to be rebellious. And for me, it's not about like at this point in my life, when I was younger, there was definitely like rebellion against like my parents or whatever. And at this point in my life, it's really about like, I'm open to following the guidelines or the rules if they make sense. But if there's like any sort of like control or like this feeling of restriction or power over without actually having like a uh, a, it doesn't even have to be logical, but like it has to make sense. Then like, I noticed that younger part of myself who gets like very averse to like rules and, and all these like strict ways of doing things like that part of me comes out. I'm curious if you notice, like, because you grew up in a more strict environment, do you, do you see that in your life as well? Like desiring more freedom or like being so devoted, like freedom's one of like my core values. I'm curious if that shows up for you too. Oh my gosh. All the time, all the time. Yeah. I feel that in every inch of my body. And it's interesting as you were saying, as you were talking, I was thinking to myself, uh, and I've thought about this quite a few times. Um, 
this message just keeps coming up how being yourself is rebellious. It's so easy to conform and it is so easy to just follow suit in what everybody else is doing. And we can get into many different examples of that, but I often find that my inner rebellion is always screaming because it's like, be you don't conform, be you, because that is the most unique thing. That's what you get to offer the world. That's what most people want out of you anyway, but we're so scared because we want to be, at least we want to feel externally on the outside accepted by everyone. So we have to kind of quiet our own internal voices that are shouting at us, Hey, do this, be you. Um, and yeah, no, I feel that so hard in my heart and in my chest. Cause I'm like, ah, I, that message keeps coming up. So it's just funny that you mentioned it to me right now. Um, I don't know if you've ever read Esther Perel, but she, have you read that book mating in captivity? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I listened to it on audio. Oh, it's so good. The last line, and I'm paraphrasing because I'm going to butcher this. She says something in regards to uh, committed relationships, mostly marriage, uh, that uh, creative eroticism is the rebellion, and it, but it's easier for people to just complain about sex. It's easier. It's the norm. It's standard. But being creative in your erotic life is the rebellion. And that just sticks with me in every facet of my life. I'm like, being creative is rebellious. Being you is rebellious. And so, yeah, just cool that you said that. I love how you brought that in with personal expression, because I find like the most like free, the more myself I am, the more free I am, like the more authentic I am, the more free I feel, which is the opposite to what we're kind of taught, which is like, you know, just conforming or going along with what other people want or like making sure that we look perfect to other people while sacrificing what we actually want and who we really are. So I, I love this concept and how you applied like the, the idea of, of freedom and rebellion as this, it is such a rebellious act. And we really live in a time for the first time in history where we as women are able to explore what it means to be our most free self, our most expressed self. Like if you think back even like 50 to hundred years, even women like talking about money, talking about sex, talking about their spirituality, like these were not, this was completely unacceptable by society to the extent where like it, you really couldn't talk about these things. And so here we are able to have these conversations, able to show up online, able to show up in our real lives and actually be who we were meant to be, not be who, who we were programmed by society to, to be right. And it takes so much courage and so much commitment to continue showing up as your authentic self. And it definitely is a practice. So yeah, I would love to hear, you know, so you went continue with your story. So you got into booty yoga, you had this awareness around your sexual energy and being embodied and using movement to tap into that. So tell us a little bit more about like that connection between movement and your feminine power and how you really discovered all of that. Well, absolutely. Yeah. I, uh, I hilariously played ice high school ice hockey growing up with the boys. And so I think a lot of people, when they meet me, they actually think my background is dance and it's the exact opposite. I never danced at all. And the reason that I mentioned that is because 
people will come to my classes thinking that they have to have a dance background. And I'm like, no, you just have to have, you just have to have an open mind and an open heart. Those are the only requirements. Maybe, you know, a yoga mat, some water if you want it, Um, but a body and an open mind and open heart. And uh, getting back to what you were saying earlier about um, women being able to express themselves, I think that that's what makes my class so appealing. So when I started teaching booty yoga, um, I brought it to San Diego and moved from Arizona to San Diego and I started teaching. And um, I just remember thinking and having this mantra every single time that I was going to teach. It's like, I'm going to make this the best class I've ever taught every single time. And again, going back to, it doesn't matter if that's, there's one person in my class and it doesn't matter if there's 40, I'm going to teach the best class that I possibly can because I really try my best to cultivate an environment where women can come in and explore these very provocative and sensual movements in their body and feel 100% safe doing it. They're not doing it because there's a male there or like they're, they're trying to see themselves through the male gaze, but they are seeing themselves through their own gaze. They're not even there because another female is looking at them. It is this collective environment where all of these women are together and they're able to move their body provocatively without any pressure, no pressure. There's no pressure for you to have sex with anyone after this. There's no pressure for you to impress the person next to you because they also look equal parts ridiculous and hot. (laughs) Um, But anyway, sorry, I'm, I'm getting on a tangent, but I started teaching booty yoga in San Diego And every single time I added a little bit of booty shaking to my classes, women would go wild. And I mean, laugh, smile, cry, but mostly smile, connect with themselves in in the mirror if they were able to let go a little bit and feel the booty shake. And I just started leaning into that. So very slowly, but surely my booty yoga class started to transition into more of a twerk style fitness class. So now I call that class twerk out workout and I've since broken off from booty yoga, but that class has been notoriously packed time and time again, simply because people are able to feel comfortable tapping into their sensuality. They're able to feel that strong feminine power without the pressure that society often puts on us women to be sexy or to be sexualized. It's like, well, they're doing it for them. It's on their own terms and their own conditions. And I think that that's so powerful and what's made my classes what they are today. Thanks for sharing that. I totally had a very similar experience. I love what you're talking about of being in a safe space with other women and having the guidance to explore your own body without these like expectations and uh, this desire or need to perform. And I totally, the first time I experienced that is I took a, a pole dancing class at Dollhouse Fitness and I've been a dancer my whole life. Um, I danced when I was younger, but it was always for the competition or for the performance or about the technique and all of that. And similarly to you in my sex life growing up, I mean, it really was all about performing for a man or not even knowing like what I wanted for my own body or not feeling connected to my body and not even feeling like what would feel pleasurable for me. And 
really being in that space of being in front of a mirror and just dancing for me, moving for me, seeing what feels good in my body versus what looks good, letting go of all of this like need for it to look perfect or be perfect and just like explore the body. And what I found is that like, if you watch a woman's body dance in the mirror, like if you yours or someone else, like there's just something so sexy and beautiful about the, a woman's body. It doesn't matter what shape it is, what size it is. Like I would go to these, these dance classes, these, these pole dancing classes and like, look at the other women. And there I was for like years and years and years, like hating my body, like complaining about my curves. And then I'm standing next to like someone who's like double or triple my size and looks so sexy, like so hot. And then I also, there were other women who also were like, you know, way smaller than me and they look so hot. And so it was just such a beautiful way to, um, witness other women's bodies from a new lens, releasing judgment towards my own body and other women's bodies. And also to, yeah, be in that sensuality space for me, for myself, not for anyone else. And, it's cool because this stuff does end up translating into the bedroom. Like if you want to have better sex, if you want to feel sexier and more powerful and more confident in your body, like it starts with you getting comfortable with you and yourself in the mirror or you and your self-pleasure practice. And like, it automatically translates into the bedroom as well. And like, who doesn't want to have really hot, good sex? Like who doesn't want it to keep getting better and better and better, right? Like that's something that, I think most people want. <laughs> yeah. No, it's so true. I think everybody, no matter who they are, wants to have better sex, whatever that sex looks like for them. And yeah, isn't it funny that like it takes that sometimes where you're like, oh my gosh, I am surrounded by all of these powerful women and there is no there's no pressure here and shout out dollhouse fitness by the way because they're amazing and i go there too and i'm just like i feel you with that there are so many different shapes sizes i remember when i first went and everybody just like stripped down naked pretty much and i was like oh my gosh i'm i'm in heaven i'm in heaven just because i'm seeing all of these women just embrace who they are and it it has nothing to do with their fellow woman, even though they love them next to them. It has everything to do with this is their moment in time to connect with their own bodies. And that is so incredibly powerful. And um, yeah, just a little side note. I listen to very explicit music in my classes, very sexual. Uh, I think that, and people have debated this with me, but they say, hey, you know, it's, it's happened a couple of times where people are like, I feel, feel like that music is very degrading or, you know, but here's the thing is I, my whole shtick is teaching women how to find their inner bad bitch, if you will. And the reason that I love the word bitch is because I like taking that term back. That's my word. I get to own that. The, yeah, I am a bad bitch, not somebody calling me, oh, she's so bitchy, but it's like, no, I am I am that I get to own that word. I get to take back the power. So if I'm listening to a song and it's telling me to shake my ass, then I get to choose that that is what I want to do. It's not like, Oh, they're telling me. And therefore I have, I have to do it. It's like, no, this is my choice, my body. And I'm cultivating 
this sensuality and confidence for me and nobody else. And then yes, you're exactly right. I promise. And you know that if you're embracing your body for what it is organically, then you're going to have better connections in your platonic relationships and way steamier, better connections. And those that aren't quite platonic, if you know what I mean. So, um, yeah, it's cool. It's totally cool. And that's what I'm all about. I love that you brought in this conversation of music (laughs) and like, I'm so guilty ever since I started like my embodiment journey and like started to explore all these different types of music. Like, yeah, I listen to like sex music. I don't know how to like, it's sensual music or like uh, erotic music. Like most of the time, like that's actually what I prefer to listen to now. And like, it just does like music brings out all these different parts of ourselves. And I, I love that you talk how it really is a choice and like, sure, there's probably some songs that just don't resonate with different people. And like, that's okay. But like, can you allow like that, that either like vulgar or erotic or like that, that kind of like raunchy energy to like, bring something out, bring something primal out in you bring a different, like uh, flavor of your feminine or flavor of the animalistic part. That's not so put together and like polite and says nice things. And like kind of the, the good girl archetype of like, Oh, I just keep it all like really, really simple. And like, I don't want to ruffle anyone's feathers. So I actually love this. It's kind of like a statement. It's like really unapologetic. Like this is also my class and like, this is my style and I love it. And like, it does something for me. And if it does something for you too, great. And like, if you're not into it, great too. But like, it really does feel like you're like, no, like this is my thing. Yes, totally. And, um, I actually DJ too. So music is incredibly important to me. And I love what you said that you are listening to this music. And sometimes you can feel a little guilty because you're like, wait, you know, I'm a feminist. Is this anti-feminist? You're anti-feminist music. And I understand that narrative. However, uh, exactly what you said, music and movement and pretty much every facet of life in general is meant for you to explore every different nook and cranny of your personality. And so all kinds of music, the sexy, the vulgar, the raunchy is meant to tap into that part of who you are. And it's not all of who you are, right? It's this portion of who you are. And maybe for some people, that percentage is going to look higher than others. And that's totally cool. But yeah, if you come to my class, we're tapping into whatever percentage you got and we're going all out. We're running with it. We're going to have fun with it. Um, And yeah, I just think that it is definitely, there's definitely something to be said for uh, being able to explore all of those different facets of life, whether it's music or movement or whatever it is that helps you tap into those, you know, parts of yourself that maybe need a little bit extra push in the, in the exploration department, if you will. Yeah, totally. And these are things that even if you don't feel safe exploring this, like on your own, that's why coming to classes, whether it's your booty class or my embodiment class, whatever it is, is like to be exposed to new things and to get access to new parts of yourself. Because sometimes when we're left to our own 
vices, we kind of just stay in the same flavor. We stay in what's comfortable and what feels safe. And so these are ways to have like your edges pushed and to, in like a really positive way. And like, you're always in control. So that's another thing that I always teach is like, you get to listen to your body and what feels right for you. And like your edge may be very different to my edge. And my edge, when I first started exploring embodiment work and sensuality and all of that, like even honestly, people talking about the word orgasm, like I couldn't even say the word orgasm for a long time out loud. And like now one of my favorite things to do, I love talking to my friends about sex. Like it's so fun. And like, I love, you know, being in that conversation, but before I was, that was really, really uncomfortable for me. And so everyone's edge is a little bit different. And I think that, yeah, having these exploratory spaces where there's other women who are also in their own exploration, like really opens up a whole new possibility. And I know that one of the things that you've done along your journey is really show up visibly online as your fullest self and really put yourself out there. And, um, I know that that has brought up a lot for you and has like had some backlash and stuff. So, uh, you know, visibility is a huge part and it's not to say that everyone needs to share their sensuality online. It could be a very private experience and like, there's definitely steps to the process, but love to hear for you what that was like, like coming out publicly and also kind of what you've experienced in that realm of, of putting yourself out there in that way. Yeah. Well, um, man, this is a hard one. This is where, uh, being a, you know, a, a person who identifies as female in 2021 can be very difficult because I feel like we've got two spaces online right now. Um, maybe not two, but there's a, there's Instagram, Facebook, and the internet will often reward you and you, I'm talking to women here for putting out more sensual content because that serves the male gaze and men like women and therefore the engagement will be much higher. So I've, I've definitely received some backlash, um, in regards to putting out content that only feeds the male gaze. And I'm like, wait a minute, hold up. No. And just totally truthfully, my audience is 60% men, 40% women, which really bothers me. And I try to get those numbers to tick back in the opposite direction, if you will, every time. Um, but that's the kind of difficult difficulty that I'm facing today in having an online presence and trying to navigate that. I'm putting out content for me and I really have to be intentional because I don't want to just grab the views and get the guys to follow. I'm like, who is going to see this piece of content and know that my message is women. And it's hard when your butt is shaking in the camera's face and people are like, whoa, this is a lot for me, but it catches attention. And that is my goal is to reach the woman who might not even know that this style of dance is a thing. So, um, it's very difficult still, and I'm trying to navigate it. I'm not sure if I answered your question, but it is very difficult to navigate in terms of, Hey, am I doing this for engagement? And am I following the, the path of just being regimented and doing what other people are doing, being hypersensual to get the views, to get the likes, to get, to get the engagement? Or am I genuinely putting out my message? And honestly, I'm still exploring that right now because it's hard. It's really hard to not look at your comments 
your likes, your engagement, your insights and be like, this post did really well. Well, well as to who, if it did well, because it served to a hundred percent men, then it did nothing for my mission. And therefore that post or whatever it is, isn't really worth keeping up. Um, so it's very interesting. I'm still navigating it. Not sure if I answered your question, but I was like, I gotta, gotta say that. I appreciate how you answer that question because the authenticity is there. That's all honestly that matters to me. Like the realness behind being a content creator, you have a pretty big platform. And like, that is definitely something that, especially with the algorithm and with the way that people engage with content on a very visual platform like Instagram, it's something that, you know, your intentionality behind how you're creating content and also just being really real. Oh, I'm a human. And like, I have, you know, a certain amount of followers or I'm, I'm interested to see how many likes I get. Like no one's immune to that. Like that, that's the game. That is the game that was designed for us to play. That is how the creators of these platforms wanted it to be for us to be addicted to likes and comments, to keep coming back, to want more followers. Like it's kind of like the, the adult popularity game per se in like a virtual context. And I want to share this live too, because I used to do this thing where, and, and I know we have a lot of coaches and and women who are listening to this, who do have platforms or who want to start being coaches or want to start putting themselves out there. And I used to compare myself so much to other women who had bigger platforms. And I started in the Instagram game comparatively to some of my friends who who've been on for a while, like pretty late in the game. Like some of my friends have been on for whatever, I don't know how long, six, eight years. I probably started four years ago and didn't even start contributing consistently to the platform for a while. And so I would like, look at some of these platforms and like really be in comparison. And then one day, one of my friends let out the spilled the beans. And she said, you know, you know, that people pay for followers. And I was like, what people pay for followers. So here I am sitting, comparing myself to like all these people and being like, holy shit, like there's a game, there's something happening. And like, I know that there's a lot of people who have authentic followers and I'm definitely not opposed to like people who, you know, if, if that's part of like the marketing strategy, like it is a marketing tool. So I think once I got my head around that, I was like, oh, okay, this is happening. Like, this isn't fair for me to compare myself to other people's platforms and then be frustrated or annoyed when like the, the algorithm or the analytics weren't showing in my favor. And so I just want to like, yeah, really reveal to people that, you know, this is something that we are navigating as content creators and also as women in this time in history and who knows where social media is going to take us. And I really love the idea of diversifying platforms, having a podcast. I think you have a YouTube channel. You have a YouTube channel. Is that right? Yeah. And other ways to connect with your audience and email lists so that we're not only focused on that. And the last piece that I'll share here, and I'm curious how you navigate this too, because I know that it comes up for a lot of people is recently I've really been coming back to being more intentional with having boundaries around my own social media usage and just noticing the addiction and noticing like how much, you know, I'm, I'm engaging and how much time it's taking up and like how it's not aligned with my highest good. And so I've been putting some more boundaries around my time with Instagram setting like timers or having like a screen time app thing so that I don't like 
I'm not on it all the time, but essentially just being more intentional about it. And so I'm curious for you, if you have any ways to, to navigate that, or if that's like shifted for you in, uh, in any way, um, around like your own social media usage. Yeah. I mean, I have had to have some major boundaries when it, when it's come to, when it comes to social media, um, personally for me, I know, like, I know that if I am going to put out any content personally, the twerk content will serve. If I do any twerk video of any kind, it notoriously goes viral. Um, I've had a couple of different butt videos go viral and it's always super exciting and it's always very fun. And I definitely find myself a little addicted to that feeling of being like, oh my gosh, my butt just went viral on TikTok and it has over 2 million views or that's happened on YouTube now or on my personal page. You know, I, I would consider myself like a micro influencer, but on my personal page, all my twerk videos pop off. Um, the last time I checked, I have one video on there in particular that has over 106,000 views, which is a lot of views for a micro influencer of my size. And I know that I can continue to only post twerk content, but there's just something there that I'm still navigating that doesn't feel quite right. And I know that for me personally, that means I have some internal work to do. And I know that I need to release any negativity or any, anything that I'm holding on to that's holding me back. And I'm still on that path of discovery. I'm not quite there yet because I know that if I was constantly posting twerk videos and constantly going viral, then that would probably be more in alignment with my higher self. And even though I could post videos and still go viral because it feels so icky to me that you won't really see me twerking much on the internet these days, just don't do it anymore. Just because I was chasing that for a while and it didn't feel good to me. And so I, I pulled those videos. Um, I pulled many of those videos down. I have some of them up, but yeah, I'm still navigating that to this day and just posting what feels good for me. And uh, another thing that I want to touch on is I really have a hard time contributing to the, um, uh, the perception that women are supposed to, supposed to be super fit and beautiful because I am a fit woman. And therefore, I know that every single time I post a picture of myself, let's say in my bikini, that there might be someone that looks at that photo and being like, well, I don't look like that. And I've dedicated my whole life to fitness, but on the other side of the spectrum, I'm like, well, I've also worked my, my butt off to have this body and I want to show it off right now. And so these are still the questions I ask myself every single time I make a post. I'm like, does this post feel authentic to me? Or am I just grabbing views, grabbing likes? And sometimes, um, I don't think that hard about it, <laughs> but oftentimes I do, especially if it's just a post about me. Um, my husband's channel, who, who I model for, the channel's called Move You, has over 1.4 million followers across, the, uh, across all platforms. And so I'm in front of millions of people uh, pretty much every week. And people are hypercritical about my body. So it's almost rebellious to me to post about my body and loving on my body because I'm like, people criticize my body left and right. And I work so hard. So I can't even imagine what a person who has a normal nine to five job, um, feels 
when they're not able to go and work out every day. Cause I literally work out every day and I still feel shitty inside. Like it's just real. And so I navigate it day by day. I don't do a great job at it, but, um, I'm really happy that we're talking about this because this is the reality of being a female on social media. And honestly, I know many other fit influencers, one that has 14 million and even she still asks these questions. I don't think they ever go away. And I think that's okay. I think Mm -hmm. that's okay. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for keeping it real and being honest. And I, I agree. I mean, this, these are the conversations that we would think that we just like eventually get over. They're not part of our, our psyche, but really there, there's a huge, yeah, that this is an ongoing journey and it doesn't just stop when you get to a certain amount of followers or you make a certain amount of money or whatever your goals are. Like this is the inner journey that it takes to really keep putting yourself out there and to keep doing your work in the world. And I think really the, the, filter that we're looking at when, even when we're looking at like, okay, am I going to post this or what am I going to post is really like, is this coming from like love? Is this coming from service? Is this coming from truth? Is this coming from my higher self? Or is this coming from ego where there's the desire to be liked and accepted and to get the follows and to get the, the, um, reshares and, and the viral stuff. And, and to be honest, we're both, we're human. We're not just a spirit. We are human beings. We have an ego. We have that, that whether you want to call it shadow side or like the part of us that is at the core wants to be loved and accepted of. And like, this is part of the journey of continuing to look at that part of yourself. And we don't even need to shame it or make it wrong, which is what I hear you're doing. You're like, cool. Like I am looking at this part of myself. I'm willing to look at this part of myself. And it's also not all of who you are because I know that you're mission driven. I know that you have a beautiful heart. I know that you're here to be in service. And this is just the world that, that we're living in and that we're navigating. So um, thank you so much for your truth telling today. Thank you for sharing your journey. I think this, this is such a powerful needed conversation and um, yeah, I just appreciate you so much and I'd love to invite our listeners to continue to follow your journey. So what are the best places for them to find you? Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm so appreciative of being here and just, I'm, I'm just can't even believe that I'm on the podcast that I've been binge listening to. <laughs> So which is so fun. Um, yeah, if you guys want to follow me, then the best way to do so is through my Instagram, which is at yogi period ish. So Y O G I period I S H. You can also follow on beat fit O N B E A T F I T on Instagram too. That's my, um, that's my booty shaking business. Um, <laughs> and then finally my husband and I's business where you can see me modeling is move you M O V the letter U, and that's the best way to get a hold of me. Amazing. Thank you yes. so much for being here. I'm Thank you so much. Amy. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> Yay. Thanks everyone. Thanks again for joining me for this episode of the feminine frequency podcast with Katie Caston. I'm so grateful to have you here as a listener on the Feminine Frequency podcast. 
and a quick reminder to enter the giveaway to win a free ticket to my upcoming event, the Empowered and Embodied Experience. To do so, you can leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, take a screenshot and send it to my team, hello at Amy Natalie Co. and make sure to submit that by November 30th. I will be announcing the winner on December 1st. Enjoy the rest of your day and we'll see you in the next episode.